You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject you're about to tune into. Her name is Lindsay Schoolcraft and she is the keyboardist and vocalist in Cradle of Filth. The reason for the conversation is to promote her upcoming solo Australian tour. There are three dates, I'll read them out. On the 31st of December, she's playing in Sydney. On the 4th of January, she's playing in Melbourne. And finally, Perth, you get a show on the 5th of January. So let's have a listen to what Lindsay has to say. Here we go. Andrew McKay-Smith calling. How are you going? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I hope it's... uh, What time is it over there on Friday night in Canada? It's 6 p.m. right now. It's already dark. It's the shortest day of the year. So it got dark like over an hour ago. (laughs) Oh, God. The old old winter solstice, God. It certainly brings out the crazies, doesn't it, though? brings out the good stuff though man i've been feeling really good today so it is what it is and after this it's like okay we're halfway through it summer's coming Woo! not really though we get like we got two more months of dread out here so oh my god i've got extended family that live in canada my my sister-in-law actually lives in vancouver she's she's back over here okay. she had a problem with she's her. lucky well sorry go on well she had a problem with her visa because her, her father passed away my father-in-law passed away oh, so she had to come sorry to hear that oh that's all good he, he was sort of on his last legs anyway so it was a bit of a, a blessing and a mercy if you understand mm-hmm. these things you know and uh mm-hmm. but she can't get back in so she's staying with back us back into canada or back into australia back into canada as a work she can go ah. she can go over there on a, on a like a holiday visa but she's actually got a job over there in logistics on uh, sending trucks around vancouver island but she, oh, that's so strange. Yeah, I, look, and, and she's she's apparently in this big long queue. I think Canada and Australia's immigration laws mirror each other, very similar. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we've got a similar constitution, apparently. Westminster. Well, system. the Queen owns us, so. <laughs> Indeed, she does. I'd love to know how much of our money's going toward her and her cronies. <laughs> yeah, and her her feeding her corgis, and so she can have her New Zealand eggs every morning for breakfast. Oh God, yeah, it's like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is like that. Yeah, yeah. she's living her best life. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty. Uh, she's getting up there in age, isn't she? But as far as I can remember, she she's always looked the same. Yeah, I think yeah. she's a vampire. Well, one of my theories. <laughs> have you heard the conspiracy theories about? I mean, of course you would have. Okay, but you know the reptilian. Oh thing, yeah. You know. Oh they, yeah, I was just thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of all of those, those you know, uh, ley lines and uh, what are those things in the sky that they reckon, um, God, any other time? What, like remember. UFOs? No, the, um, where they, they, they're clouds, but um, they've got aluminium and heavy metals in them. What do they call that? Sorry. Any other time I don't oh, remember I, what it's called. I don't remember. I don't know if I've heard this conspiracy theory. I've heard a few. <laughs> There's some things I do believe. The ones that are like practical that like that like that that totally could be going on i believe it's probably going on but it's like lizard people i don't know man <laughs> yeah it's a bit far-fetched and there's these videos on on youtube of rihanna someone superimposed reptile eyes on her and made them blink and stuff it's like guys we know photoshop and video editing exists these days yeah good job guys way to try to fool us but not <laughs> no way no way Hey, we, uh, let's talk about this tour that you've got coming up. So I'm, I'm going to be a punisher for a moment, so excuse me whilst I do this. You can do what you want. It's all good. Um, where's Brisbane? Because that's where I'm from. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I feel really bad because I was hoping it would extend to Brisbane and Adelaide, and it didn't, and I felt like such a jerk, but that was just the oh, best right. we could do. But, like, you know, if we try it again in the future, we're definitely not going to miss out on you guys. So. Yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't yeah, mean I feel to like... be a punisher because I know it's No, it's when... okay. You're, like, one of, like, 
30 people <laughs> who's yeah. asked me, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing. I was speaking to Fred from uh, Sinsanium and also Dragon Force about the same thing. When, when he and Sinsanium came down, they only played Sydney and Melbourne, and uh, he, he got punished a bit too by us Queenslanders and people in Perth and Adelaide. Um, saying why aren't you going down he goes look you know we are we are trying and it's it's just one of those things we can only play two shows and he explained that when he went to the uk they played london and i think maybe birmingham that's it and they've got a lot more population yeah. over there so i said yeah yeah i know but we're so far bloody away from everything you might as well maximize the the gigs that you've got when you when you come down but it it is a nice feeling to be wanted though isn't it it is yeah you know and it's just and then for next time you know i know what to do so i don't miss out on anyone <laughs> yeah yeah now tell me the shows uh, are these i understand in melbourne you've got a dj set and you'll also be playing yes. the harp but yes are you, are you is there a live band around you as well are you bringing the rock so no it's just me we tried in the beginning to bring my guitarist and there wasn't the budget for it yeah so he was a little bummed out but he understood entirely um and then, uh, you know, we're trying to hopefully for next time he can come with and it can be, you know what I mean? It can, But it was one of those things where, you know, even after I tried to put my own money into it and, you know, we did our best, it still was just like a very expensive vacation for him. And I didn't want to do that to him, but he understood he's been really supportive. So maybe next time he'll come with me. But, it, you know, I would love to bring my whole band that would be the goal <laughs> fair enough yeah and, and look you, you obviously are aware that you've got fans down here you know cradle of filth fans and fans of yours individually yeah. so do we are we one of your strongest territories if not your strongest territory um yeah it's strange like i've got this like for some reason like like australia there's like so many fans there are so many fans in mexico um where's like in germany it's crazy there's just like these little pockets of like you're really famous here and i'm like whoa and i mean i'm from the toronto area and the montreal area here in canada so like of course i have lots of friends and fans there right you know okay. part of those scenes for a long time okay so you obviously speak french as well then i suppose like most oh, oh heck no oh, no i only okay. know like no well the problem here is really it's really weird um so when the french came over here and colonized in what is now known as quebec they that was 400 years ago and they have their own version of french which is like it evolved from old medieval and it's considered to be almost very slangish where so it's called quebec uh quebecois where the okay. francophone which is the language in france evolved so it's two entirely different versions and it's so ass backwards here in school they teach you francophone and then when you go try to speak to quebecois it's like it's just a nightmare so that's why a lot of us gave up <laughs> okay oh, that makes a lot of sense that puts yeah that sort of you know puts a jigsaw yeah. puzzle together yeah okay yeah right. it's very interesting i was reading not too long ago but apparently there's a colony of australians so keep in mind we are a colony ourselves but there is a colony yes. of Australians. Bunch that, of convicts. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Sid Sydney and definitely Sydney and Melbourne, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. So we. Uh, <laughs> don't tell them I said that, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, I just gotta rub some salt in the wounds there. What can I? What can I say? <laughs> oh, look. Yeah, I, I used to play uh, rugby as a kid, and we used to have schools come and tour from England, and as. It was the first time I'd ever been called a convict or ever heard anybody actually oh, refer no. to us as convicts. Like as a, I wasn't sure whether they were doing it as like a ribbing, like a, hey, you're just a bunch of convicts, or whether it was like you scumbag convicts, we are British and we are better than you sort of thing. It was really hard to work out from their sense of humour. 
with it. Right. I know Brits are really cold and dry and, oh, my God, they're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've got a bloody tour with them, though. How do you do it? How do you not murder them? I honestly have just numbed out the really bad sense of humor and dad jokes. Like, when they start thinking they're being funny, I am just stare at them blankly and I'm like, unless it's a pun or it's a super clever scenario joke, like, or a play on words, I'm just like, don't just like, I'm not listening. You know what I mean? Cause they just yeah. keep going and it's not even funny. And they tell like the same jokes over and over again. And I'm just like, what is going on? But I love them. <laughs> they are my family. Richard, you know? Richard must be, I had a really good conversation with Richard about 12 <laughs> months ago or so, but he sounds like he's the guy that you could probably get along with the easiest in the band. Am I right in, in saying that? Yeah. Him and I really get along. He is the biggest music fan i've ever met in my life he is still such a humble music fan and he's such a theory nerd you know he my favorite thing that he ever did is he just like we put on michael bolton's um how can we be lovers if we can't be friends (laughs) he sat there and dissected the whole song for me and i was just like rich i'm just blown away by your knowledge of music because he's an educator too and i teach as well i teach vocals um Uh to the best of my ability um so, you know, yeah, me and Rich really get along. We can have a lot of really cool conversations. He's a very, like, he's just a very cool guy to chat with. You know what I mean? But he still does like getting involved in his dad jokes for some reason. Oh, so. yes. Oh, he's got to <laughs> do what he, he does. And I'll tell you, the other person that I spoke to, I'm, oh, you might not have met him, but was Stuart Anstis, who was Cradle's guitarist in the late 90s. I had a, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about Stuart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a four-hour conversation with him, and he's a really, really nice guy. He's been, he's, you know, it's 20 years ago, or 20 years since he's been out of the band or so, but I think mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of reverence out there, as you're probably aware, and you probably see the reactions when you're up on stage for Cradle's early material, the stuff off... Uh, well, that's uh, the thing. I mean, we, like, you know, it's really... Okay, there's a big, there's a big thing about to come out of my mouth. Um, so, <laughs> you know, the Cradle, I feel like... And this is just me being a fan and also a member of the band. You know, I feel that Cruelty, Dusk, Midian, like those are those are our three strongest albums. Those are beautiful albums. Those are just like, those are the classics. I mean, the stuff before, yes. And, you know, we're never going to like, you know, maybe maybe we will write something. But like, you know, to, to get back to that, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, as the current lineup, you know, we're working on the new album in the new year we have a new fresh approach i was really proud of hammer of the witches i think the guys did an amazing job with cryptoriana yeah um and i love this lineup two consecutive albums together and now we're gonna have a third consecutive album we've been together almost five years um that's something really really special and that's the thing we just want to keep that alive and we want to give the fans something that do you know what I mean? That they, they love yeah. the old stuff. And that's the thing. Like, those lineups were legendary. Those albums are legendary. Will we ever do anything like that again? I don't know. If we don't, I'm not upset. If we do, hey, hurrah. But, you know, I'm just very, I'm very grateful that I get to be part of such a legendary band. And even in just a small way. But then I found out on Twitter recently, a fan brought to my attention, I'm the longest running keyboardist in the band. I'm yeah, like, Jesus, how yeah. did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> So, not the longest-running female singer. I got to beat Sarah by twelve years or something. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, well look, yeah, it, it's Cradle is known as a band up until recently because this lineup seems to have uh, it's become. I would say, if you don't mind me saying this, like in the fans' yeah. eyes, probably the band's probably the fans' second favorite lineup outside of the. I wouldn't say the foundation lineup, but the one that had Stewart and Gian or John, as they call yeah. them. And maybe yeah. Les uh, and also Les. He's 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That line up there. And and the comment that I made to uh, Richard was that I really felt like Cryptoriana was the strongest album that the band had put out potentially since um, since uh, Cruelty. Wow, and thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, oh, look, it's a, it's a fantastic album. And look, I, I must acknowledge that I'm 40 years of age, so I was around for when Vampire came out and this stuff, but I sort of went away from metal for about 15 years or so. And no, I, no worries, happen. Yeah, you know how it is. I got, I'm a musician too, but I play funk and disco music and covers. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so I'm very cool. I look very normal and all the rest of it, but I have. Uh, but metal's always been my uh, my go-to, if you like. It's my home home genre, if you like. So yeah. I hear you. Yeah, you know what it's like, and you saw. I don't even justify myself to anybody. I don't feel like they talk. I've got two kids. I'm married. I don't care anymore. Really, I'm just going to be me, you know. And yeah, good. As long as you're happy and you're being you, that's the most important thing, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You got to yeah. you got to do what makes you happy, you know. And one thousand percent. You know, but uh, but look, this this album, Cryptoriana, it's it's. Do you, do you get that feedback from you know the fans? I'm talking about the average punter that turns up with the long hair and the whether they've got the wristbands on and the stuff these days or not as other, otherwise. But do you get that <laughs> feedback from them at say fan signings and stuff that they really dig that album? Yeah, we got a lot of really positive feedback from the last two albums. Like we were really nervous about Hammer of the Witches because it was our first album together as this lineup, and like mm. we were like, oh man, we can't let people down. It was the first time like a full lineup wrote an album together in God knows how long. I don't remember. And it, it was just like the day, the day before, like, I don't think any of us slept. We were all texting each other from the four countries that we're from. And we're just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, it drops tomorrow. Oh God. And then I'll never forget. We released, um, right wing of the garden triptych. And, you know, we went and played grass pop and we played it live. And literally people were singing along with me and only been out for like, Oh God, maybe a few weeks. And pe I almost started crying. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Like people were actually singing those lines with me and then they just lost it when we bursted into that song. And I'm like, Jesus, like what is going on? It was just, you know, and the fans have been so, they love it. They're really loving the last few albums. So, you know, now we're really getting into the mindset of like, you know, production wise and soundscapes atmosphere. We're really as this lineup, I think we're really going to move forward with uh, something, some, some interesting things on the next album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's been interesting to watch from afar Cradle's Cradle's evolution, if you like. And something that I talked about with Richard was the contribution of all of the the various band members and stuff, because there is a perception out there that it's it's. I think I think back in the day it was called Danny and the Filths, but it's not like that at all, really, as far as the musicians are concerned. You guys do a lot of. I mean, you personally do a lot of writing and contribution toward the finished product. Yeah, definitely, especially our drummer, too, and, and the rest of them. Yeah, it's uh, we still joke and call ourselves Danny in the Filths just because <laughs> it's funny. Um, you know, we, we always joke. We're like, oh, my God, what did we call? We had like, we had the same kind of funny names for Demu Borgir and Behemoth, but now, um, yes. like, there's, like, Adam in the Nurgles, and, like, we just had, like, we just, <laughs> we just joking. Like, like, that's the thing. You have to be able to make fun of yourself, and you're like, you know... It's fine. I understand, but I understand with the long history and Danny not having the lineup that stuck kind of thing. I get it, but I think he's really lucky to have us. We're we're a group of really down to earth, real people who are yeah. hardworking and care about the music. We're not about the money and the fame. At the end of the day, I mean, it's nice to be able to pay your bills. Let's be real, but it's you know, yeah. um, yeah. we just want to do what's best for this project and whatever comes in return. Cool. Um, 
I think some of us are just literally in it for like, you know, some of them are just like, I just want their credit and their experience. And that's cool too. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, I love the, I love the experience and the learning that comes with it. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, whatever, Danny and the filth. Sure. I mean, it is Danny's band at the end of the day and we got to make boss man happy. So, you know, but he's really happy with us. We're in a better place these days. You know, I feel like he's really found some self-love and peace within himself the past while. And I think he's doing better. So okay, so that's a good thing too. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's Cradle of Filth are a, are a revered band and yeah. it's, it's one of the most instantly recognizable band logos out there. And I know it looks, <laughs> it looks like, um, it's on fire, but it's Middle Eastern. I don't know. It's yeah. really the first time I saw it. I couldn't. I don't think, I, like, I couldn't read it. Now I can read it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like when I was in high school, I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, I look, being in my forties, in the nineties, when you had to buy Metal Maniacs magazine and maybe trawl, you know, dial up internet and find bands, and it was really yeah. hard to determine which were the good bands and which the which were the good and the bad bands, if you like, because you couldn't listen to a lot of this stuff instantly. It took too long right. to download stuff, and we had a. Oh. Re- yeah, remember that? Remember dial-up internet? How long it took to download? Well, and you stuff? guys have it so rough in Australia. Your internet is still slow there, from what I'm hearing. It's uh, all it. To be honest with you, it depends on your political persuasion because it's a political hot topic. That one. Now, okay. <laughs> I'm talking to you on a 4G device, right? So we've got very, very good mobile coverage here. In, I've in, heard about that. Yeah. yeah. In urban environments, and Canada and Australia are very similar in the massive land masses. Um, yes. And very sparse population, which is basically 90%. I think, I don't know what the figure is, but I think it's above 90% of Australia's population lives in urban areas. So, mm-hmm. as you know, you've been here many times. The myth of the Australians living like Crocodile Dundee is just bullshit. We all live in bloody cities. And we're very oh, that's urbanized. the thing. People think, like, I have a dog sled team and I live in an igloo. <laughs> it's okay. I get it. <laughs> Look, these things, these cliches come up, and it's nice to sort of play up on them from time to time. But we oh, have. Yeah. We had, um, oh God, I'm, I'm not talking about politics, by the way, I'm just sort of talking about the background oh, about our, our internet thing, which is we've got this thing called the National Broadband Network, and I used yes. to work for Australia's largest telecommunications carrier, which is called Telstra, I used to be an account executive for them for many years, and I've only just stopped wow. so, so as I can do journalism at uni, because uh, I'm having like a career, I'm calling it my midlife crisis, but it's not really, it's a career reinvention, if you like. And uh, There you go, I like that much better. It's <laughs> got a much better ring to it, isn't it, you know, even though yes. I'm, I'm, I'm at uni in lectures with the 18-year-olds and I'm clearing their age by about 22 years, but they, they accept me as one of their own, which is nice. Good, you know? <laughs> good, I'm but, glad to hear that. But they, uh, the internet thing, it just really depends on where you, where you are. Um, so you, you, you can get good internet usually wherever you are. You've just got to pay for it, that's all. And that's where it becomes a political issue because, of course, a lot of people are very uh, have that socialist mindset of it should be given to people because it's a human right, that sort of thing. So It's it, a basic necessity, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's a basic necessity because, God, God help, I mean, you're basically off the grid if you don't have the internet in 2018, don't you? And that's the thing, it, it needs to be as an emergency response network yeah yeah that's right yeah it's yeah. very important on that front yeah no doubt about that so hey just a question yeah. question about you and your have i got two minutes left is that cool yeah absolutely yeah how did you get started playing music i'm, I'm curious as to your journey up to this point oh well thanks for asking um well you know i was raised on disney definitely <laughs> um so that's kind of where my singing came from. But um, my dad is a very talented guitarist and singer. Um, he had, 
you know, he had a pretty short-lived music career, but, you know, instead he met my mom and had me and my sister. So um, he showed me a guitar at a very young age. He started teaching me guitar at eight. And I could play, like, some country and sing, and I, that country twang still comes out in my voice sometimes. I can't help it. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I took some piano lessons when I was younger. I mean, I definitely forgot it all until I took it up again at 21. But, uh, you know, things change. Um, you grow up, you go through these phases. And then when I was 15, I decided I really want to do music. I got a bass guitar for my birthday, had an all-girl um, punk band. Nice. It's when I really started writing music, learning bass guitar. That was really my introduction to music. And then at 21, I just had this uh, crazy, like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to learn opera and learn classical piano. And the the album, there's a lot, there was a lot of artists at the time that pushed me to do that. But I think it was like Evanescence is the open door that really pushed me in that direction. Mm. That's a very pinnacle uh, album in my, my life. Uh, but there's a lot of other in, outside influences. And um, yeah, and then I decided I'm going to go to the conservatory. And then I ended up in university for only like one semester and then cradle filth snatched me up, but that's okay. Um, you know, so, I mean, and I'm still learning now, now I'm kind of on my free times, uh, pursuing, um, vocal teaching on the side and, and different vocal technique and mm. communication and vocal health. Um, that's like a huge thing for me. So yeah, I've just been slowly learning that on the side. I had, a, I've had about six students this year come every other week and it's been, it doesn't feel like work. It's just been a very rewarding job yeah. when people are passionate about what they do and you can, give that back to them so yeah i mean and i'm teaching myself the harp that's been interesting um read about that you know yeah. i probably should get lessons i'm probably developing a lot of bad habits i don't even know about but here we are so yeah um <laughs> you know i i love music i'm definitely keep gonna keep pursuing it um and educating myself i'm 32 now i'm sure by the time i'm 40 you know i always have this joke <laughs> I was joking with my boyfriend and I'm just like, yeah, when I'm a silver fox, I'm going to go back to university <laughs> and become a professor. And he's like, babe, you do you, whatever, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Like music's always going to be in my life. But there's also the thing is like, you know, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. But also the more I know, the more jaded I get. So I'm trying to yeah. like find the happy balance. <laughs> That's so true what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. I know it's the thing about because you're evidently a very smart human being and you Cheers. are schooled and you do get the technical side of music as well. It's not really something that I've ever. It's maths was never my strong point, so therefore the musical and technical oh, theory wasn't. So I just, I just. Oh, I hated theory. I I cried my way through it. Complained, moaned. You asked my vocal coach out here. She was like, <laughs> getting you to do theory was like pulling teeth. I'm like, I know. It's hard though, isn't it? It's so boring, and it's a lot of the time. It's so it's black and white. Yeah. You know, ugh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and it's and, and I don't I don't necessarily bind to the theory that some musicians have put forward, which is that if you learn theory, it puts a cage around you. You're thinking, you're playing. It's like, well, no, I do think there's Not a lot of advantages really. to understanding it because then you can yeah you understand majors, minors, and then the different modes and all the rest of it, and you can really interpret things in a different way. Yeah, and it's like I believe that if you. You know, you, you some you you um, what is it? If you rely on theory to finish your compositions, I think you're lazy. That's just me. Yes. You know, you feel it and you know what you already want to do. Forget about theory. But yeah, when you're going back and going over it again and uh, studying it, like analyzing it, and you do need to add that diminished seventh or whatever the heck you're trying to throw in, <laughs> yeah. it's important to know. You know, it's very important to know. But yeah, I, I still have this theory. I haven't proven it yet. 
but I think that the way music has been mapped out or the way it evolved to like document theory, I think it happened that way because it was just kind of a, an exclusive thing for rich people. And that's what generated the income for teachers is like, well, if you want to learn music, you have to learn how to document it this way. But I don't think it works for everyone. You know what I mean? If, if every I give um, I'm very interesting. Um, my brain gives like every number and every letter a color and that's how I remember it oh, wow. um, okay. because I have dyslexia. So when I'm looking at sheet music, I actually have given every note its own color. Holy moly. Just, okay. Yeah, I know I'm yeah. a weirdo. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah. There's something to that. Someone, I was talking to an artist, a hip hop artist from Melbourne who has called herself TRQS, which is turquoise because she talks, it's got a nice. technical term where where music is associated with colours and she was talking to me about it and she was writing that way as nice. well, she was approaching it writing that way. Sounds like you're doing that, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes when I listen to a song, I'm like, this song is blue, this song is orange, this song, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I've met a few other musicians who've told me that too. Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll better let you go. Thank you so much for the, the conversation. I wish I could get to yeah. one of the shows. But <laughs> it's I know, I, I feel like you and I could talk forever. Thank you for this interview. It was really, you asked some really good questions and I really enjoyed chatting with you, so thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Good luck with everything. I mean that, really good luck <laughs> with everything. You, you are very thank talented you so much. excellent artist. Oh, so. So um, thank you, and you as well. Take care. Enjoy your 40s and your family and... You know, keep living your best life. You sound like you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, cool. Hey, just a final question. Is it you cool if I release yeah. all of this as a podcast episode? 1,000%. Go for it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Very welcome. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot. All the best. Okay. Yeah, you too. Take care now. Bye. Okay. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and that conversation featured Lindsay Schoolcraft. Lindsay is the vocalist and keyboardist in Cradle of Filth. Thank you so much for listening.